Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Amazing. Let's give it up for the band as well. Thank you guys so much for leading us in that worship. Incredible. Sometimes I wish we could just stay in worship the whole time, especially today because I'm speaking, so I was really nervous. <laughs> I was like, we could just, maybe we could change the plan and we could uh, just do this the whole time. I've decided today that I'm going to take a seat because I wanted to spice things up a little bit. I wanted to do it a little bit more differently than I've usually done it before. I I find, for me personally, um, speaking be- can be quite difficult because I always see people um, preach, talk, speak, and I'm like, I know that that's something that God's asking me to do, but I've always felt like that's not the way that I need to do it. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to break it all up a little bit. I'm going to try and uncreate what I've created for myself that doesn't feel right. And today, I thought a seat might do that. We've got a table as well, which we've had for the last couple of weeks, so it looks a bit different. But I thought, you know what, this is what I feel like I need to do. So I wanted to sit down with you, chat with you. So Yeah, but how good is it to be in church this morning? How incredible is it to be here this morning? And everyone here, if you're part of this church, knows that my heart is for community. It's for church. It's for... um, to be um, all that God's created. God really loves community, and that's that's what this is here. This is what church is, and... um, yeah, and if, they, if, they, if you're new this morning, if this is the first time that you're here, then welcome. We want you to be part of this. We want to have you here. We want to have you um, with us because, like I was just saying, God does something when we join together. Um, but yeah, I hope you're all doing good this morning. And how good has this series been so far? This series that we're in um, in January, it's called um, Shepherd. Um, and it's been so amazing so far. So we've been going through um, Psalm 23 and we've just been breaking it down each week, just doing a verse each week. And I've been like, wow, what a lot to get out of one verse. What a lot to have um, to have learned and what a lot that's changed my life from one verse. So it's been really cool because it's, it's changed my perspective of how I even sometimes approach God's word, how I approach the Bible in the way of what we can get from when we break things down. And the fact that God's so intentional in this book, he's so intentional with every word that he puts in this book. So when Daniel spoke the first week, verse one, and it's like, one, two, three, eight words and like that message wow like he probably could have spoken for a lot longer like I'm thankful that it wasn't too long but he could have told us even more and more and more and it's the way that he spoke about the way um David saw um both what it was to be a shepherd and what it was to be a king yet he used this psalm to talk about God as a king um, as a shepherd I just think that was a really good setup for this um this passage and um, for the series and I'm probably going to come back to that a little bit later on as well um but I'm just going to read Psalm 23 before we focus on the verse that I've got which is verse 4 this morning so if you want to open your bible if you want to get your your phone out and we're going to head there Psalm 23 um yeah I'll give you a moment So we're going to start at verse 1 and we're going to read to verse 6. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So my verse that I'm going to be focusing on today that we're going to be working our way through is going to be verse 4, and I'll just repeat verse 4 for you. It says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Have you ever noticed what your first response to something is? Like what you do, what like, just have a little think for a moment. Like what do you do when something comes up? It could be anything. Like what is your first response? For me, if something comes up, my first response, and if you know me, you'll know this is true. I get my phone out, I head to Google and I Google it. If it's a question that I've got, I'll Google it. If it's something I already know, I'll Google it. I just have this inbuilt instinct to Google it. I just need to know for sure that whatever we're talking about, like we'll be in the middle of a conversation for say, like me and Daniel will just be chatting about something. He'll mention something like, oh, like over in this place, something happened. I'll be like, what place? He'll be like, say it. And I'll be like, get my phone out. He's like, whoa, 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 put your phone away. I was like, yeah, but I just need to know. I just need to know. And my just instinct and response to things is just to Google it. Some people's instinct response is just to pass over it and just move on with the conversation. I like to stop, take a moment, find out everything that I can find out about what we're talking about. Um, but what's your first response when you find yourself in a hard situation? I know, for me, what I want to say to this. Like, if someone asks me, what do you do in a hard situation? I know what my response, like, what I want to say. I want to say, well, I go to God. I take it to God. But the reality is, this isn't always my first response. And I'm not going to speak on your behalf, but I know sometimes it's not all of our first response either. When times get hard, our first response isn't always to go to God. Sometimes we want to kind of try our own thing, our own plan or idea. Sometimes we believe that this one isn't worth going to God to. Like, oh, actually, like, it's not worthy of taking this to God. We diminish what we're going through. Or sometimes we believed, we believe that we're well enough equipped with what God's taught to us that we don't need to go to him. We believe that um, our knowledge is more important than our relationship with God. So we're going to continue looking at this passage, verse 4, and we're going to see what David does when things get hard for him. Just before we do that, I just want to pray over this. I'm going to read um, verse 4 again. I'm going to pray, and then we'll see what um, David's talking about. So it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God, I just thank you this morning that we can be in your presence. God, I thank you that your presence is here right now with us. God, I thank you that we have access to your word, to your knowledge, to your love, to your kindness. God, and I just pray that our hearts are open to receive that this morning. I pray that we can be in a place where we are vulnerable to you, vulnerable for you to mold us, for you to grow us, and for you to develop us, God. I pray that our minds take a backseat, our thoughts, our worries, and um, trying to understand things take a backseat so we can just be um, kind of thinking with our hearts this morning, that we can open our hearts to, um, to this word, that we can see things the way that you see it. Amen. Amen. So I kind of titled, the, I know we have a series title called Shepherd, but... I made my own title as well. And it's kind of so when we're talking, 
we remember what the main thing that we want to go away with this morning is. And it's that no matter what, keep following the shepherd. So that's kind of my title. And then I've got three sections that we're going to work our way through this morning from what um, David's um, talking about in the psalm. Um, So no matter what, keep following the shepherd, for he is with us. That's my first point. Um, I have... I've been, like, looking at my personality type a lot recently. I'm trying to be all, like, personal development, trying to understand myself, so that when I understand myself, I can then work on myself. I can be aware of the things that are going on that I may be naturally um, prone to, natural tendencies that I've got. And one thing I've really, really learned about myself recently is I expect a lot all the time. Like, I have um, a mind that's, like, dreaming. It's, um, like, wow, we could do this. Like, big is never big. It's never big enough. There's always more. There's always, like, some tendencies are a little bit greedy, but there's always more. There's, there's always, things can be bigger, they can be better. But then what happens is when we get to reality of being in a situation, it's not what I anticipated. It's not what I thought it was going to be. So I have this internal struggle with expectations versus reality. And if you've got social media in this place, you'll have seen a lot of cool memes with expectations versus reality. But when I see those memes, I cry a little bit because it's true for me. Um, but like, let's be real right now. Let's, let's honestly be real with one another. Things don't always turn out the way that we expect. Things don't always um, go how maybe we wanted them to, maybe what we built, what we dreamt. Things just don't go the way that we expected but again let's be real we're living in a broken world and we are broken people and if we're in this place this morning and we call ourselves a christian sometimes our expect our expectation is things that are going to be easier because we've chosen this lifestyle we've chosen this way of living where we've chosen to walk with god but just by the title the name that we put on ourselves it doesn't exclude us from anything it is inevitable that we will go through dark valleys. Um, the start of verse 4 says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Like, I love the way it starts there. It says, even though, like, I am aware that this is going to happen. I am not excluded. It's going to come. There's going to be a time. There's going to be a place. Maybe more frequent than I hoped for. It may be a longer time than I anticipated. But I am going to go through hard times. And that's just a fact. And we kind of have to be understandable of that fact this morning and not shy away from the fact that things are going to get hard in our lives. Because when we do that, we just set ourselves up for a worse time because we have to have the, the shock when our expectation and the reality don't align with one another. So a dark valley is a metaphor um, in this, um, this psalm for a hard time that we go through. So I, I remember when I was younger and I'd hear this verse and I was like, even though I walked through a dark valley, I was like, wow, what a mystical place. What a really faraway place. And then I was like, oh, wow, like a dark valley. It kind of reminds me. I don't really even like Disney, so I don't know why this comes to my mind. But it reminded me of, like, in The Lion King when he, like, goes away and he's like a little lion cub and he's going through a horrible, scary place. And that's why my vision, it was, like, really distant and I was very disassociated with what a dark valley was because of the way that it sounds. But I'm unfortunately here to tell you this morning that a dark valley is a metaphor and that we are going to go through them. And it's anything hard that we have to face. And that's anything that we have to face. Because I think sometimes we put things um, in a a ranking or we limit what can be put into what a dark valley is. 
So we might say something like, it's not difficult enough to qualify as a dark valley. But I don't want us to dismiss what we're going through because of comparison. I just, I, it's so ironic, and I kind of laughed when I was preparing this, because I was like, are we kidding right now? Like, how have we got to the place where we're comparing our hard times with one another? Like, I kind of get, like, when we're comparing, like, oh, wow, they've got a really nice car, and I've not got a nice car. Like, kind of makes sense because it's a nice thing, but we get to this place where we compare our dark valleys. We compare uh, the difficult things that we're going through. We compare, like, oh, well, mine's not as hard as theirs. Like, I, oh, well, they're really hard. Like, no, mine's harder than you. You don't understand. Like, wh- like what's that about? Why do, we, why do we separate ourselves? Why do we let these hard situations we've got, we're going through bring division between us? Because we're trying to, like, qualify. We're trying to um, kind of validate what we're going through. And it, I feel like that comes from an insecurity that we've got with one another where we feel like we can't be vulnerable Together we can't be okay with other people finding something difficult or them not understanding how difficult our things are. We have to be, um, we have to own and be aware of what we're going through. Stop comparing your dark valley to someone else's. Because there's lots of like, to me, there's variations of what a dark valley could be like, as in the sense of like, there could be a specific thing like, oh, like I've just lost my job or, oh, I'm unemployed and I'm struggling to find work. And then there's things like finances, or we could be maybe in a marriage situation, but there's also things like, I'm just dealing with doubt right now. Oh, I'm just dealing with, like, maybe my self-image. And it might not be a specific event that we can see as a, like, a actual, like, I don't know how to describe the difference between it. Like, one is kind of unseen and kind of internal, and one's external. Like, it's obvious, like, I'm unemployed, or, oh, I've, like ended up in this situation or like my marriage isn't going as well as I hoped it would or there's like the things that maybe everyone can't see and we can kind of put a smile on and then because you can't see it we go oh yeah maybe it's not a dark valley because it's not this big dramatic thing that everyone keeps telling me a dark valley is so I just want us to um just be aware and acknowledge that um they're all dark valleys anything that is causing you pain or struggle or is is difficult for you, makes you cry at night, like be like own that and say that this is hard. Because as soon as we don't say it's hard, we put ourselves in a worse position. What happens when we allow ourselves to acknowledge the position we're in? When we do that, we allow God to come into it. When we say, you know what, actually this is hard, this is tough, we're creating space for God to work with us. We're, we're putting it in a place where God is able to come in and walk alongside us. When we acknowledge we're struggling and we can't do it on our own, we give opportunity and space for, us, for God to be in the valley with us. And then that leads us to the next point that some of you might have like a little question mark. Wait, what? He wants to be in the valley with us. Yeah, he does. Remember what Daniel was talking about in the first week, and if you weren't here, I'll just reiterate it, but... Um, David saw the difference between what a king was and he saw the difference between what a shepherd was, and he said... Um, that a king would be in a palace in a distant and far place. But as a shepherd, what a shepherd does is he walks alongside his sheep. He walks alongside us, and he's in the valley with us. He's in, the, he's in every path with us. 
He's a shepherd, not king. He wants to walk. He, he leads us. He guides us. He is with us in all these situations. And for some of us, that might be hard to understand this morning. Like, why would he want to walk alongside me? But um, it says in Deuteronomy 31.6, Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. And that's a promise and a truth this morning. And I think some people in here need to know that, that our God is never going to leave us, and he's never going to forsake us. And it, maybe if that's a doubt that you've got this morning, I really want to emphasize to you, no matter what, keep following the shepherd because he is with you. And my second point is, no matter what, keep following the shepherd. He is for us. So I was reading this passage, and it got to kind of like the, the bottom half. When I was thinking about it, it's like verses, but it's not. It's all one verse. It's just a little chunky one. It says at the bottom, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Have you ever looked at a shepherd's tools before? I hadn't until this week, until I've been preparing for this. Um, and I kind of looked at him, and there's two tools that the shepherd has here. It's the rod and the staff. And um, after my extensive research, I can now tell you what they are. So a rod is a short club, and a staff is, a long and is long and thin with a hook at the end. So why does David talk about them? Like, cool, like, we know he's a shepherd. We presume he'd have the equipment needed to be a shepherd. But why does David talk about them? Like I said earlier, like, Every word in this is there for a reason. Every word in this book is there for a reason. And there's something that we need to know from it. So I was like, okay, why does David talk about them? The rod and the staff, they represent the shepherd's protection, defense, and guidance. So in our terms, that means that God is going to be there to protect, defend, and guide us. So like I just said, God is with us. But then God is for us. So he's in this dark valley with us. But he isn't, he's, he's not just there. He is there with protection, defense, and guidance. He isn't there just to comfort us, but he's there to fight for us. So remember that when we're talking about being in this situation, that God is with us. We know that. But also with that, he is for us. That means he's fighting for us. We're not in this alone. Because it's nice to know that someone's with you. Like, it's always good when you, like, go somewhere and there's someone with you, you feel that comfort. But it's better when someone's with you and they're, they're cheering you on. They're there, like, fighting for you in situations. Like, that's the kind of person you want in your dark valley, isn't it? Because you can bring someone along. You can take anyone you want through the hard times with you. But why take anyone when you could take someone who's going to fight for you, who's going to defend you, who's going to guide you? So... Like I was saying, there's the rod and the staff. So when I was looking at the staff, I noticed it had like the little curly thing. So I was like, what's that for? Um, so, uh, and I saw some pictures. So the hook, I saw this, it's a really sad picture in my mind at first when I saw it, but it's actually really good. So the staff has a hook at the end. So it's to pull sheep around the neck. So I saw this little picture of a sheep with its neck and the hook. I was like, oh, poor thing. But then I, and I was like, how uncomfortable. But then I realized that the reason that I was in that situation is because this, the staff was being used to protect the sheep. It was being used to correct the sheep. It was used to um, bring it back to safety, to protect it. The sheep needed correction. We need correction. And it's not kind of something that you want to know and you kind of like... When I was reading this, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to tell everyone that they need correction. <laughs> so here goes. We 
we need correction. There's so many times that we are in a dark valley, we're in a tough place, we're in a spot, and we're like, this is bad enough. This is bad enough. So God, why are you doing this now? Why are you being this way here? Like, just give me some love. Give me some love. But what we need to understand is in God's love, he corrects. We need correction. God's correction is for our good. I know when I speak to um, people about, um, like, church and my faith and, like, having Jesus in my life and what that means, they're like, yeah, 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 but what about the rules? What about the religion? Rules and religion is what you see when you don't understand the heart and the love of God. Um, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We need to understand that God's heart is for us. It is always for us. It is always because he wants the best for us. He wants us to succeed, to overcome, and to do incredible things. He does not want us to be in the hard time that we're in. He does not want us to be in that place, but if in that place he can do something that's going to grow us and it's going to um, challenge us and it's going to help us succeed in the future, then he's going to use that time. Like, we've got to know God's heart. Like, John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He doesn't do that for, like, for the sake of it. He does it out of a place of love. So we've got to understand that when we're in this place, that not only is God going to fight for us and be there for us and um, cheer us on and, um, like, I was saying, like, fight for us and defend us. But he's also going to use this time as a time of correction. But understand that the correction is from love, that he is for us. So I don't know this morning if you need to know that no matter what, keep following the shepherd, for he is for us. And my third point is, no matter what, keep following the shepherd and give over control. Understanding that God is in the dark valley with us is completely and utterly and he is completely and utterly for us, what do we then do with that? What do we do with this knowledge that he's going to be in it with us and that he is, when he's in it with us, that he's going to be for us? What do we do with that? Well, we have to trust him. We have to give him authority and control in our lives. And I know I've said it many times from this right place here, I struggle so hard with doing that. Like I I was talking at the beginning, my go-to isn't always to give God control. My auto isn't always to run to God in my times of need. My automatic response is, let's see how far I can get, and I'll bring God in if it gets to a point where I can't go any further. And that's being real, and you know what? I don't want to do that. It's tiring and exhausting. I haven't got time for that anymore. Like, I want to, I want my automatic response to be to go to God. That's what I want to do. Like, how do I do that? Like, someone tell me. So let's have a look. What does David say? He says, I don't fear because you are with me. David has been active and chosen to give God control. So he has chosen to be on God's path. I was reading this and I was like, the whole passage when I read it as a whole, I was like, oh, David didn't invite God on his journey. He went on God's journey for him. Wow. 
okay, so that's where I've been going wrong. That's what I need to be doing. So, like, it's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, God, come on my journey with me. Like, let's go to this place. Like, I've kind of got it a little bit mapped out. But if you want to go, like, do, like, a detour to a green pasture, we can do that. That sounds like fun. Like, still water. I'm for that. No, like, we've got to go on his journey. He's going to take us to that green pasture when we need to be in the green pasture. But when we need to go and he's got purpose for us and he's got direction for us, he's going to take us there. And we've got to trust in the fact that he knows and the fact that he knows us so well he knows what we need more than what we know we need let's also remember who God is and that he is a God who always finishes what he starts it makes it a little bit easier to trust God when we know God again so he is the beginning and the end. In Philippians 1.6, it says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. What a truth and what an amazing thing to hold on to this morning when we're worried about trusting God. The fact that he who, who, does, who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. So when we hit a dark valley, when we hit a hard time, sometimes it can be like, screw you. I don't want to be here. I didn't expect to be in this situation. I thought I was following you. I thought that, like, you were going to take me to green pastures and purpose all the time. But the truth is, like I was saying before, we're in a broken world and we are going to get to dark valleys. And we sometimes want to throw the towel in with God and say, forget that. I'm going to do it by myself. Forget that. Like, I'm going to give it a go myself because I didn't want to be here. And I thought I was on your path and your path has still led me here. So what we have to remember is that he's going to be with us in that dark valley. And in that dark valley, again, he's going to be for us and he's going to fight for us because he, he wants us to succeed and he wants to give us purpose and he wants to take us to greater places. Once we give him control, we have to just trust the process. We kind of have to let go of what our, all our expectations and just trust in who our God is. And I want to encourage you this morning just to know, to know God. Kind of when we, like what I've been saying a lot, I've repeated it a few times, like when we know God, when we know who he is, and we read these promises in this book, we will be able to understand, like, and trust in a new way. Like this book isn't just here for the sake of it. It isn't so we can preach from like a specific thing it's because God has ordained these words he's given us these words because they've got life in they've got truth in they've got correction in they've got like promises in and I encourage you to know this but I also encourage you to speak to God to pray to God to call on God not just when things are hard but also in the good times we want to thank God we want to praise God I encourage you to engage in worship not just here on a Sunday morning, but in your own time, in your own space, like engage in worshiping God for praising him for all that he has done, for all he's going to do. Like we want to be in relationship with God. We want to be walking on his path with him. And the path doesn't just stop after a Sunday morning. It doesn't just like stop and then restart when we come back next Sunday, but it's throughout our lives. It's in our workplace. It's in our homes. It's in our commute. It's in our like gym session in the morning like we're always we want to always be with God we always want to be walking with him and following him so in this passage it also says I will fear no evil for you are with me when I got given this passage I was like oh no 
It says the word fear. That means I have to talk about fear. And I was literally like, oh, how do I like not talk about fear and do this passage? Because personally, fear is a massive thing that I've had to struggle with. And you know what? I'm done with it. This is the place. No, honestly, guys, honestly, I'm actually done with it. I'm so sick and tired of fear, not just in my life, but in everybody else's. I've got to the place where I'm like stamping my foot about fear. Like, I don't know if you've watched um, the film, The War Room. It's like a film about prayer. And there's this point where she's like stamping around the house, praying, telling like devil can get out. And I'm like, yeah, that's me now. Like that is, that is actually me when it comes to fear. Cause I'm like, you know what? You can get out. And there's this um, song that I listen to on repeat a lot. And it's kind of got this bridge in this passage in it. And I'm not singing it, so it's not going to sound as effective, but I'm going to read it to you. And it says, fear can go to hell. Shame can go there too. I know whose I am. I belong to you. And like, I just sing that all the time now. Like I literally, I'm not going to do it now, but if you want me to, I'll do it later. Um, But I just sing it all the time because you know what? I am done. Fear can go to hell and shame can go there too. And you know what? I can go there um, for your lives as well because I've Like, I pray a lot that God can give me the eyes to see people the way that he sees them. Um, Because I feel like that's something that God's called me into, is to be in community, to be with people, to um, understand people the way that God has, and to help them grow and learn and walk in all that he's got for them. So God has given me the availability to see things that maybe not everyone else can. And I can see a lot of you in this place. I can see a lot of the potential and the purpose and the future that is in this place this morning. And I am mad about fear getting in the way of that. I am angry about fear getting in the way of that. And I just want to tell you a few things that I've learned about fear as I've been kind of journeying. I've learned, first off, and you might not want to hear this, but fear is actually an easy option. You don't have to do anything with fear you can be kind of lazy. Fear, you don't have to participate with. If we don't do anything, it will stay. It won't pass if we're not active. Fear grips our hearts and our minds. It like takes hold of it. It's like deep, deep, like got its fingernails in because it doesn't want to leave. And it knows that if you don't do anything, it can stay. I find it so easy to let fear hang around because sometimes you don't see it. Sometimes you don't realize it. Sometimes you're kind of like, this is going to be a hassle because it's so gripped on us. It's going to be a hassle to remove. So it's easier just to kind of like brush over it here and there and just have like a confidence boost now and again. But I just really want us to be active this morning and not let fear, like I don't want us to be lazy. Like we're going to the fear gym this morning. Like fear doesn't have a place in this church, in my opinion. Like, we've got a vision. We've got a purpose as a church. God's called us to big, big things. And I am not going to let fear get in the way of those things that God's calling us to. So we've got to understand things like when our God is with us and when our God is for us and that when we trust and give him control, that things are going to change. Yeah, so we've got to understand that our God is for us our God is with us no matter what. That when we give him, we've got to give him control and understand whose we are and who we belong to. 
and we need to know his voice. It makes it a whole lot easier to make decisions to trust him and lean on him when we know his voice. Like I was saying before, like it'll be easier to distinguish the voice of God and the voice of fear when we know like who our God is and we are in tune with his voice. I um the fear the voice of fear usually tends to sound like our own voice a lot of the time. And I want to encourage you to um, open your Bible this week. I want to encourage you to maybe find some um, kind of declarations. You can Google them, like I know. I know Google quite well. Um, You can find some declarations, and I want to encourage you to write some out, to stick them around your house, to do whatever you need to do so that when you wake up in the morning, you remember whose you are, who you belong to, Maybe you just need to understand that God is for you. Maybe you need to understand that God is with you no matter what. So when I say no matter what, I mean no matter if you trip up or you stumble or you fall or maybe you just don't choose to follow God one week. It doesn't matter. Just call on his name. Invite him back into your life. He he wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you. I just really want to encourage you to be active in counteracting the voice of fear in your life with the voice of God. And that's just such an easy and practical way of doing it. For us to be able to say that when we walk through a dark valley, we will fear no evil, it'll be a lot easier when we make the decision to trust and lean on him. That when things don't make sense or turn out different than what we expect, we can depend on him. I'm just going to invite the band up. So, um, this is kind of cool, actually. I might stand up for this. Um, Basically, when I got given this passage and I first sat down to read it, I um, got the word come to me of proclamation. And I was like, okay, what does proclamation mean? What does that word mean? So um, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn about what this means. And the meaning of the word proclamation is a public or official announcement dealing with a matter of great importance. Freedom from fear and the understanding to follow the shepherd no matter what is a matter of great importance. It's a matter of great importance for your life, for my life, And it's a matter of great importance to God for you. So I want to be, I want us to be vulnerable right now. And I want us to like be real. I want us to be honest. And like I said, this is a safe space this morning. This is um, a family. And I want us to be able to do this this morning. And I want us to lay our cards out on the table about maybe the valley that we're in this morning, the tough place that we're in. And we're going to speak out and proclaim the freedom that God has given us. The freedom from fear that God has given us. The freedom from walking alone. The freedom from um, not feeling like we've got anyone that's fighting for us. I want us to speak freedom this morning, unified. And you might be here this morning and be like, things are good. Like, I'm... 
I'm doing good at the moment. Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm just chilling in the pasture. Like, God's giving me some rest right now. Or actually, like, I've got a purpose and I'm, like, kind of flying through that. Like, me and God, we're, like, we're tight and this this place that we're heading to is really cool. And I'm really thankful that you're in that place. I'm really thankful that um, that's where you are. But there's other people in this room that aren't. There's other people in your family that aren't. And we have the ability to speak um, maybe for them this morning. So maybe if that's a place that you're in, I really want you to come, like, have that person in your mind. I really want you to have that situation um, in your hands. I want us to um, kind of put our hands out with that. So basically, I'm going to read this passion, I felt, uh, this passion, this passage in the Passion Translation. Um, I'm going to read it out to you. Listen to the words. Maybe... Um, we can put our hands out, we can have our eyes closed, whatever you feel comfortable with. Like, let's like lay this out to God. Let's like proclaim against these things this morning. And I really want you to be vulnerable with this this morning. And I'm going to read this passage out to you and speak it over. And then we're going to stand together and we're going to speak it out together. And after that, I'll pray for us. Is that cool? So I'll just let you have a moment just to think about what it is, where you are, and what's going on. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. So if you all want to stand, we're going to read this together. It's going to be on the screen. Lord, Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. God, I just thank you for the people in this place this morning. I thank you for... Um, your word for your truth. God, I thank you that we can speak this out this morning in confidence of who you are. God, I pray for every situation that is being laid out um, with hands this morning. God, I pray for all the ones that happen in this room. God, and we pray for that chains be broken this morning. We pray for freedom from fear this morning, God. And we just ask you to have your way in these situations, God. We give you control. We give you authority, God. And we just thank you that this is your heart, God. It's for us. It's to walk through things with us, God. And I pray that we can leave this place changed this morning, God. And I just pray for everybody represented in this room. God, I, pray, I thank you for this church, God. I thank you that we are the bride of Christ. God, I thank you that there's beauty in this place, God, that there's freedom in this place this morning. And I just ask you to move, God. I ask you to just have your way as we continue with this service. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.